Morning, everyone, and welcome to the new media show. Fighting through some yeah, just normal technical stuff that doesn't usually give us troubles, but it did. But uh, Chris, I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. He's on the bottom square this morning. Rob, good morning. Good morning, Todd. It's, a, <laughs> it's another Saturday on the new media show. Yes, it is. And uh, why don't you introduce our guest? Well, we got Chris Smith in the house here. Pale Grove Studios, <laughs> uh, Knit, uh, all sorts of projects. You're, you are a serial, uh, developer, business person, you know, uh, podcaster, you know, you go way back, just like Todd and I back to the very early days of this medium. I remember seeing you at the Lipson party back in 2000, was it four, five at the, yeah. at the first podcast conference. Uh, that's but, the, uh, yeah, that's when a lot of the other old timers bloomed. Yeah. And I also worked with Chris at podcast one for a while too. So we, we've, uh, you know, we all have long, long history here and it's great to have you on because Chris, you bring a, always a unite, a unique and insightful view on the podcasting space. So, and I saw a, a post that you made in Facebook, which, uh, is right up Todd Nye's alley about what we do on this show. So I figured I'd invite you on to expand on your thoughts. Actually, I want to go back. Let's talk about podcast one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't think I legally can. I don't need that legal issue either. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, there's a big inside joke on that one. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I had, I saw a post by some company in LA talking about CPM measurements. Oh man, I, I, I wrote them an email. They, they were talking about um, basically how some people are still on the five minute window or 15 minute window or 24 hour window, something to that effect and the current state of CPM and how it's doing this and how they're worried about people demanding more money, et cetera. And I, I thought, I wonder who, who they're talking about, you know, <laughs> although I know, you know, so I sent them quite a lengthy email and, uh, uh, the spaces, I, you know, I thought we were beyond some of those shenanigans. You know, I, I think with IB spec, I thought everybody was on the 24 hour window, but if there's still people on a five minute window, shame on them. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> what we're talking about is yeah. like a five minute window of registering IPs folks. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, you know, and, you know, I, I think about it often because, you know, I, one of the things I'm doing right now and Rob kind of nailed it, like I'm always doing something right. So the main thing that I've been doing, um, has been podcastads.com, right? So we spun that off from our regular core hosting product because we were doing ad sales and hosting all together. Mm -hmm. So much like everybody else in the space, we decided that it made sense to split the two. Um, and part of what I've been working on a lot is, you know, pingback systems, right? So as we talk about IAB, um, you know, that's something that's missing. Uh, I'm not going to name names, uh, any platforms that are listening. Um, but there are a lot of platforms that don't ping IAB style. So what you get out of the system up front is you'll get an IAB download count or a down an IAB impression count. I'll put that in quotes. But when you're getting pingbacks from these systems, like if you add a tracking pixel to an ad, you're getting old school stuff that we used to see back in the day, right? Right when iTunes kicked in and all of a sudden you're getting like 40 pings for one person listening to a show. Right. Um, 
you know, but that, again, that to me is where we start to, again, like, you know, I just jumped right in the weeds. I'm sorry, fellas. No, no. It's, but the question is, is people say pingback. You can't get a pingback from an audio file. No, you get a pingback at download, right? And again, that is still the entire system. So, um, you know, when you, uh, you know, Google Content Manager, right, outputs a pixel, right? Um, and a lot of agencies have those. And a lot of the buyers at those agencies are young. They've only worked in digital. They haven't worked in radio. Everything that they buy needs to have some sort of tracking mechanism, right? So you get that URL. And then you tie that URL to the ad spot, right? You upload the ad spot and then you take the pixel and it's got pre-roll or mid-roll or whatever, uh, hard-coded, or maybe even if you're lucky, the, the host itself will fill that data in for you where this is running. But it's just like always, right? That pingback only comes at the time of download. So if you've got a mid-roll and the ad plays, you can get a ping back from the system. From who? Of IP user you don't get, agent. I, I don't understand that. Who do you get that ping back from? You don't get that back from an app. I don't understand um, how you're getting a ping back. You get it back from the platform. Um, you know, I mean, you get it back from, you know, we, we had that at NIT for years. I, don't, um, I still don't understand you know, how you get a ping back from an audio file playing as a podcast on an app. They've subscribed, they download it. There's no ping right. going back to. Right. No, no, no. There's no, right. You're correct. There's no ping in the app. There's right. no in app pinging that's happening. It's right. at the source of the download from the hosting company. So, you know, Chris, uh, you Chris. know, Megaphone or Art19 or Knit or you guys even. It could be one of any number of hosts, right? Um, they send out the message back to whoever's pixel it is with pre pre-formatted data as well as dynamic data. So maybe it's geo-targeting, whatever it is can be sent back. So you can get a collection of, and again, this goes to privacy and all those other things. Um, but without that system set up in place, it's like a free-for-all. It's like pingbacks for advertising agencies right now are really it's the wild west of podcasting before we met with the iab stuff back in like 2014 right i i, I guess but i guess i'm confused because i'm a self-contained system i have all the data already i am the person delivering the ad i am the person delivering right. the media so i guess i just don't understand rob go ahead we, we, we should probably do is back up and really <laughs> define what chris is talking about here and 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 i think if uh I think a good description of it is to call a tracking pixel of sorts, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think what Chris is talking about here is a, is necessarily a real pixel or is it, um, Chris? I mean, is it embedded in some part of the metadata um, that's no. related to the episode? Anyway, it's, or? A, it's a URL. It's a tracking pixel URL. Okay, but where, where does that URL sit in the ecosystem? Um. Uh, I'll give I'll give the Google Content Manager example because a lot of people probably deal with agencies that buy from those guys, right? So what they do in the Google Content Manager is whoever's setting it up gets a Excel spreadsheet and it spits out four types of URLs. One, if it's going to be an image, right? Um, so it's an image link, so it links directly to a pixel, right? You're going to use one, another one for um, like it's a, it's a page load or something like that. And I'm going right. to stop there. 
We don't care about the other one. We only care about the image one. So what you do is you grab the image. So they'll send those over. You pick the image tag or whatever the platform chooses. Usually it's the image tag. Mm-hmm. And it's pre-formatted with the buyer's name. So, you know, I'll, I'll name names, right? So like Advertise Cast. So if Advertise Cast is sending one of these out, Advertise Cast is going to be in the pixel. The campaign name is also going to be in the URL. Um, right. Maybe the positioning. So if they're running multiple, a pre and a mid and a post, they'll have pre in one link. And then you might get another link that has mid in it. Then when those ads are flighted or trafficked or uploaded, whatever you want to say, whatever that nomenclature is, mm-hmm. at the hosting company, Megaphone, let's say, the ad goes into Megaphone. They say this is supposed to be a pre-roll. It's 30 seconds. Then there is a pixing track- tracking URL or pingback URL. And you paste in the Google URL from that spreadsheet into that system. So basically, uh, I got it now. So basically what's going on is Megaphone, upon download, is sending that pixel to whatever ad buyer. Because it's not really, because it's nothing happening. Because a pixel doesn't get triggered by a download. Well, the download has to trigger some sort. It's really not a pixel because a pixel isn't physically being loaded. The download, they're using the download then to trigger whatever they send back to whoever they need to send it back. Correct. Yeah, and they'll send back, you know, IP address, any of that kind of stuff. So it's a good way. Positives of that, right, are that the agency can have data of their own. If, you know, they're going to get IP addresses for lookalike campaigns or doing other sorts of things, which makes the podcast component of their buys more important, right? And it also helps them understand the eco space and how they can relate to this person listened to a podcast and this person saw whatever ad, you know, yada, yada. That that could be frauded so easy. I mean, well, it can be right. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying is like when we talk about the IEB standards, there's no pingback standard. So, you know, I we've put ads in lots of systems. I put ads in four or five different systems. Four of those systems send me garbage, just like if I were a beginning podcaster in 20, you know, 2011, trying to get my own stats and saying, I have 400,000 downloads a day. It's amazing. They're all on Apple. Right. Because the iPhone just keeps hitting that file over and over. Um, some of these systems are pinging for every download or what is perceived as a download, but it's not even a real download. It's not an IAB download. It's just that file got hit by this user, ping these people, ping these people, ping these people. So what you end up with out of quite a few of these systems is garbage. Um, very similar to what you said about the IAB counting. You know, we're, we've reached this point where, you know, everybody should be following the same guideline. You know, here's the challenge with sending a ping like that. We, we take, you know, the, the amount of overhead to do real time stats is, is incredibly high. And when you're doing that at, you know, if, if I'm tracking 300 million downloads a week or whatever it may be, that's an incredible amount of overhead. So what we do is like, we, we, collect the log files, the media is being sent. And then about every three to four hours, we pull that data in, process it. It takes two hours to process it, to qualify those IPs. So I don't know how anyone and how much, you know how much is junk. The junk is, the junk, if, if podcasters knew how much we flush down the toilet, it's junk. 
they, they would just about have a coronary because their numbers would sometimes be tripled or quadrupled by the amount right. of junk. So if you're sending a ping every time that file is hit, that means there's 75% or more of that is junk. So how can, so there's nothing. So what do I do then? I process everything and I go, oh, okay, I've got, I've got 5,000 legitimate downloads. So I send 5,000 right. legitimate pings back later. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, well, and, it, and what it becomes is it becomes, you know, impossible to even do a third party check. So if somebody was savvy enough at an agency and you give them this pile of data and then, you know, they're or they're looking at a Google content manager and then you're sending them a download or impression list from the publisher, from the client, those numbers never come close to matching. And you don't even know what sort of voodoo may have been done right. to get the download numbers or, you know, what may have happened, you know, again, like what recommendation can you make uh, on removing pingback data? Really none. So there's, from what I gather of this whole conversation, there, there's probably two aspects of this, right, that are important for our listeners to understand. And I think we can very easily lose a lot of people listening to this show because they, they're they not developers and they're not in the weeds. Oh, they're already gone, Rob. I bored them to death. <laughs> I, I, I know. But um, so there's this pixel tracking technology that's been around with banner advertising for years. It's been linked up with um, – online web players, right? So a person goes to listen to, let's say, an online radio station, and there's like this one-by-one pixel that's embedded in the website that's associated with the web player, right? So you you can cross people traffic to those, those particular web players. But I think what you're talking about, Chris, here, and this is something that was done very early at Podcast One, was you know, this whole dart tagging thing, right? The, the pixel tracking yeah. or the pixel association with a download from my understanding, that that was always a server side thing. It really had nothing to do with the the player itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that what you're part of what you're talking yeah. about here? Yeah. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's server side. It's right. basically taking the data that you would get at, at a download point from the raw log, and then right. kind of adding that in to the query that gets sent out to the pixel. So, right. so you're sending that out. And the reason that we're talking about this is because more and more. The advertising side of things are are looking at that data as more important than anything else. Which is, is that insane. why you're, you're you're raising it, Chris? Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, you know, it started about four years ago. I mean, it was you know there were there were people there were buyers in the space that wouldn't buy from you unless you had a pixel, and it was you know it was their own custom pixel, and then everything you did on your side was also custom. Um, and then a couple of years ago, Google Content Manager, we started to have, and again, I always kind of point back to this because it, it's really true with a lot of the shops that do buying. Um, it, it's younger buyers. I mean, the buyers at an agency aren't people that have been there for a long mm -hmm. time. They're people that are given a pile of money yep. and their job literally is to just spend it. That's mm -hmm. it. Spend it, uh, you know, and hope that your client's happy and there is success and if not, well, you know, maybe you'll get more money <laughs> next time, but you got to spend the money. Um, and there are requirements around that. So when somebody who is new to that, which a lot of buyers are, goes in and talks to their boss, their boss may say to them, well, what sort of verification do you have? Because everybody just wants us to feed up the food chain that they did the best yep. thing that they could for the client. Um, and that's where the pixels really started to come in. And most shops, already have Google Content Manager. They're already using that tagging system for all their other digital buys. 
So podcasts got pulled into that. Um, and that's where we see those folks asking for it frequently. Um, and I know that, I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of buyers, the big ones in the space, um, that still won't run campaigns without it, um, because they are asking for specific things, right? National targeting or state targeting, you know, on the geo level side of things, um, they're asking for it. Um, and then there's the, uh, the complete opposite side, which I should say is really important to me. Uh, just like you guys, I've been podcasting since 2004. Uh, I make my living doing this. I love podcasts. Uh, I'm a podcaster at heart. Um, there are, you know, there are networks that do zero targeting and they still do ad buys. You know, people still buy from them because, you know, in that case, they're kind of buying the audience, but they're also kind of buying that brand affinity of the name of the host. Um, and that typically doesn't happen until you're, you know, top tier. Uh, you'll start getting that kind of stuff. But most everybody else is, you know, in that lower to middle range. So, uh, where, okay. So the question is then, what are the clients getting billed on? Tags or downloads? Um, yeah. So whatever <laughs> the publisher puts out as their download number that has their ad impressions in it. So you could... <laughs> So you could end up with a non-filtered system. You could li- you could end up with a million tag deliveries and only two hundred fifty thousand downloads. Right, God, it's back to the future. Is what it is. <laughs> right, it's so, so stupid. My God. Yeah. So, and I can tell you, I mean, and I will tell you that that is one of the biggest problems that we face is is more digital buyers come online. You know, we run pixels for lots of folks. And I can't give them the pingback data when it runs on. And, and there, there are two specific platforms. I can't give the clients that data. I can't. I mean, I can filter it for unique IPs and I can strip stuff out and I can send that over to them and say, you ran this political campaign in Iowa. These are all Iowa IP addresses. There are 40,000 of them. And yes, we served you 250,000 impressions over four weeks. Right. But you don't. So, you know, <laughs> but podcasts aren't built on impressions. They're correct. They're not built on impressions. Now, advertising is built on impressions. Yeah. Right? Well, but podcasts and, and themselves. That's are not. what's driving this desire is to <laughs> convert <laughs> podcasting into an impression-based medium. Uh, back, back to right. nineteen. Back, back to two thousand five. We go. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, so it's, it's a radio. It's an online radio methodology in some ways is what we're talking about here. So, so the um, question then really is, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around this, is you're sending them raw pingbacks. I could, hey, my, this show could get about 60, 70,000 raw pingbacks for every delivery, but yet we only deliver 12 to 15,000 re- real downloads in this show. Right. So I can bill them for 70,000? No, probably not. Because no. no. But well, what, what do they what do they do with that what do they do with that data then? He's oh we got seventy thousand dark tag impressions come back to us. Wow! But then I get get send them the billets for twelve thousand. That's that's <laughs> you know delta. there's a delta no, that's there. Exactly, that's exactly it, and that's exactly what the problem is. Uh, if I'm in an agency right. and I'm buying podcast ads, and you're telling me that you're billing <laughs> me for twelve thousand, and Google Content Manager shows me seventy thousand, right? I don't even want to come back to you and talk to you. I'm not even going to ask you why there's such a discrepancy, right? 
you're just going to look at it and go, I don't know what's right or wrong. Maybe we got 70,000. Maybe, maybe our ECPM was like 43 cents. Right. I did great. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, that's the, and again, I think, let me just step back and say, one of the things that in, in podcasting that we do a lot is we shoot ourselves in the foot a lot, right? Our messaging in the system. And we're very vocal about opportunities that we see in the space for improvement. Yep. Right. Um, that's, and I'm just talking about a space, a, a, a piece that has an opportunity to be modified so that we can all work in a space where we can match apples to apples. You know, that's the goal. Let's just be able to start matching apples to apples and, and go from there. Cause right now there's, there's a big break between the two. And a lot of it, you know, again, it stems from, and I think, you know, Robin mentioned the, the Facebook post that I wrote about, you know, pontificating my armchair stuff. Um, you know, a lot of the space, and we end up with a lot of young developers, right? Not young studio folks, because studio folks I, I could care less. They're making good shows. They're cranking content out. That's their job. They get it out the door. They don't care about RSS. They don't, they don't care about anything that, you know, that is the core underlying thing. And they shouldn't. And they shouldn't have to. But on the side where people do care about those things, and we've built all these systems on top of them, we keep getting younger and younger people that come in that may not know the history of how these things were built, and they keep having to trip over themselves. And that's a two to three year cycle every time. So, you know, we'll see devs come in at a certain shop and say, I want to change this, or I want to do that. And it has a really big impact um, across the board or, you know, um, major distribution hubs. Right. Um, somebody asked, like, you know, where's, you know, where's Google in this whole thing? Well, I mean, if you hire inexperienced people to keep running your product who have to learn on the job or have to attend industry event after industry event to find out more about it, you, you are behind. Um, and we typically end up with that a lot in the space. Again, those are opportunities. So in the end, the media buyers don't care just got to deliver them the data they want and they'll be happy even if they can't make sense of it. And we've shoehorned an absolutely incredibly good accurate reporting system. And we're reverting to something that is very antiquated and fraught with challenges. Well, yeah. Fraught with the potential of inflation. Well, not, not well, (laughs) (laughs) if you're reporting in real time, if you're if you're hitting it back the second that media file gets hit, oh yeah, you're gonna have yeah. lots of problems. Yeah, because oftentimes they just take those systems come out and take just a little chunk of the media file, and they don't even deliver more than twenty thirty k, and they stop. But yet, is that enough to trigger the Dart system to say, oh, we got a download here? Um, Some platforms, the answer is yes. That's horrible. Yeah. Over and over and over. <laughs> well, Todd, I mean, when, I mean, let's, let, let's be honest with it. When podcasting started, <clears throat> all of us know, um, there were no advanced metrics. No, 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 algorithms. no. We were all looking at our data and log files. Yeah, we were, you I know, was doing the same thing. Chuck Tomasi built us a, a early on parser that would spit out a number. And it was based upon whatever was in the URL. We didn't care about completion rates, none of that stuff. And that's why we all thought we had 40,000 or 50,000 downloads when it was really more like 10 or eight. Yeah. 
And we were billing at the 50K level and everyone was fat, dumb, and happy. Yep. So I don't, yeah, like Chris, you, I'll be honest with you. I've been asking the question that you just summarized in 15 minutes for two years. No one could tell me because I kept asking because that was where my confusion was. They were sending a ping back. I'm like, how are you sending a ping back from an audio file? Well, they're, well they're, right. normally that would come from a page load. The right. pixel would get triggered in the page and that data would get right. sent from a page load on a yeah. website. So really what they've done is they've said, oh, I got to download to trigger the ping back. And in this yeah. database over here. And let's, and let's feed this. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, really, then the oftentimes, Todd, that 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 pingback is triggered with every delivery of an ad. Or, it's not even a download. Well, how do they know that it was delivered? So, okay, so someone has subscribed to a show, <laughs> and there's three ads in the thing. Right, that'd be three. And and it's it's things. it's being statically delivered. Not that media files hasn't isn't being dynamically built on the fly. And as it gets sent, well, it could be, Todd. It, it could be, be. it be, could be, be that, being yeah. built that way, right? Yeah, but most systems are static systems, so they're just going to yeah. go, oh, one, two, three, and it doesn't matter if it truly delivered or not. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the analogy that I always end up using for shops as we go through these things is, you know, it's like if you bought a bike, bought a bike on Amazon, right? And in the dynamic side of things. Um, in video where you know a pixel can be pinged at a certain time during playback from the player right that's like if you bought a bike on amazon and they sent you the front wheel on day one and then they sent you the fork on day two and the handlebars on day three etc right they're sending you slowly the box podcasts are totally different they put the whole thing in the box (laughs) and then they ship the box to your house and you open up your front door and there's your bike in a box and everybody goes they got the bike now i don't know if they ever opened the box I don't know if they put the bike together. I don't know what they do with it. But at that point, that box being at the front door, that's the pingback. That would be like Amazon sending out three messages. Hey, bicycle seat manufacturer, your seat was delivered. You know, bicycle <laughs> handlebar people, you're, it's there. Pedal guy, here you go. Your pedals went out. There you are. No. And that's and all we would know from it. Separately. Right. So, Chris, yes. you, you, just, you just gave me a new, new thing to really start complaining about. So I'm, I'm joining, I'm joining your party here. Well, well, Todd, I'll be the one. Excellent. To... Use all the people we can get. Yeah. I'll be the one to, to say it. I don't know if Chris wants to or not, but I, I think at the core, this is a lot of what we're seeing with these acquisitions is, as some of these companies, you know, I don't know if you saw the announcement that all these platforms, you know, um, megaphone and art 19 and all these are, are starting to support vast too. Right. I don't know, Chris, if you want to talk about same Vast. thing. Yeah, pretty much the same thing, except, you know, supposed to be real time. So, you know, vast, what, let me say, how do I, how do I, how do you pitch all of that? Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, vast is, um, it's an opportunity, uh, in, to have, um, access from other systems, right? Right. Uh, trade desks, right? So trade desks could do their dynamic ad insertion. Now, again, you can do dynamic ad insertion with host red ads, which sound just fine when they're recorded or properly. Right. Host red ad dynamically inserted is just as good 
when a robot puts it in the show as if a human being was sitting there for 30 minutes drinking coffee and smoking sure. and stitching the thing together by hand. Just as good. Right. Um, now, that kind of disappears when you go to the grand scale of trade desks, right? Um, and then they're connecting all these things, and there's the vast tag, um, which is supposed to have other requirements and things tied to it. Right. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, again, it's an opportunity for some folks. We were asked for it year after year. Uh, from clients, uh, we never built it in just because there wasn't anything else to support it. Uh, and even if they had it, it was something very simple where maybe they were going to use it. So, hey, giant media publisher, you want this. And we're going to spend, you know, three to six months doing development work while we're trying to keep our regular workload together. Um, mm -hmm. And then we don't know if anyone else is going to use it. So the economics were never really there. Um, now, if the economics are there when you're trying to flip your business, so if you are one of those companies who's, you know, hearing in your ear from a bigger fish uh, in the video space or, you know, this new tier of podcast distributor slash studio that we have with, you know, Spotify really creating that sort of level. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something that I'd be putting into my platform right now. I'd be throwing every kitchen sink thing I could uh, to find something that matches you know, what they're looking for or what they think they want. So really well, it's just another way. I mean, vast is just another way for them to get, um, metrics on the delivery of ads. Right. I mean, yeah. And I mean, I, and look, and I suspect like that, I mean, Spotify is going to be doing that like hands down Spotify will be doing that. Right. They own the player, you know, they're going to measure and, you know, if there's a mid roll and it goes and it plays, then they're going to charge somebody for it. You right, know? Yeah, right. it's going to get the ping back. It's going to be instant. It's, it's that model that I said about Amazon, the bike coming in pieces. Yep. They're going to know when that thing was there and, um, and listened to. And for the majority of us. it was really listened to well, is, the, is the question mark. No, well, right. Rob, in the Spotify platform, they'll know. They, it they'll know. know that it plays. Well, it's streaming. Right, right, right. Yes. Which so, doesn't that require them to... Um, Actually, host the media file. They're going to stream nope. it and do do insertion, or can they do it off of a progressive download? It's all in their player, right? Because remember, it's being controlled on their device, so they know where you're at at all times. So they so know when you be, hit stop. So are they going to do it mid roll? You think? If if or they're being they're honest, they'll do it when the ad delivers. Yeah. I mean, I bet that they, I mean, they're going to start with, I mean, uh, they'll probably start with a couple positions, right? I mean, if it's just testing, you know, maybe it's mid and post because that's going to give you a little less data than a pre. Um, but, you know, I mean, a lot of people did this. I mean, Art19 probably, and it's been a while, four years ago, you know, put skip buttons in their uh, player, right? Just skip ads, which was weird, right? You got an advertising model and you're going to put a skip button in your own player. That was not good. Um, and it disappeared after a few weeks, right? The button disappeared. Um, but that pre-roll ad data, that's a lot of data, right? That's all those starts. That's all that other stuff where, you know, you're going to get hammered. You know, mid-roll, you're going to have less data. Post-roll, you're going to have even less data. So, I mean, I would fully expect that Spotify rolls something out like that, you know, I don't know, soon, maybe if they haven't already. So, you know, what really is going on here is that podcasting continues to be the bastard stepchild because we're, and that's probably a, a, not a good al analogy to use, but we are trying to use 
tech that was never designed to be used with podcasting. And in return, then what's happening is because the implementation is just being done in a sounds to me like it for most players in a pure form is just more crap going back. That's, it's not that great. So, you know, how do we fix that? Do we, do we fix that by saying later on after we've analyzed the log data and qualified the, the delivery? We're adapting the podcasting model to right. the ad agencies. Right. Model. Well, that's what's really but going still, to. we're still being, we're, we're adapting, but at the same point, you know, it's still crap. Right. And I guess they yeah, don't I mean, care. It's going, it's going backwards. Yeah, it is going backwards. So then what do we do then to fix that so that. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to have to worry about it. Uh, really? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think that, um, watching, you know, watching what Spotify is doing, watching what it's forcing other folks to do Sirius XM, you know, Sirius has been serious, all pun intended there about podcasting for a, a long time. They just weren't doing it publicly. It wasn't something that was out in front of everybody. Um, you know, so when they started scooping stuff up, um, that was a big deal. Um, you know, um, how stuff works, getting scooped by iHeart and bringing that team in. Um, you know, a lot of the podcast stuff, um, there are a lot of smart people in this space. And there are a lot of people that know uh, in their heart what will work, right? But it's the amount of resources at hand and the capital to do so. And if all of a sudden, uh, Todd, if you had iHeart money tomorrow. Oh. Space would look a lot different. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. So I think that these guys, these are titans. And, you know, I think, you know, Apple's got to get serious about stuff, which I'm sure they are uh, yeah. on the distribution. And, you know, but I, I honestly feel like premium's coming. I think all the ad buying, I think a lot of the content's going to get scooped by all these big guys. I can't get 2021 <clears throat> projections from people I've bought ads for from five years who are telling me to wait and hold on. That's never happened before. If, you if, know, if and, oh, go ahead. If, if I had iHeart money, I'd have three staff people in every media buyer's office in the country, educating them, you know, and like you yeah. said, every two, and I think the turnover is faster, like 18 to 24 months, you got to be in there re-educating the 30 buyers yeah. for that company. You know, and you used to be able to take them to lunch, but you can't do that no more. So, yeah, or take them to True. Vegas. Um, did that. Um, yeah. So that's a story for another day. Sure, there's a story behind oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> lots of $1 bills. Um, so I think the, you know, the, the, but the problem is, is they're going to dictate now the message. iHeart yes. and Spotify are going to dictate it. So. Man, I'm glad I'm not 100% reliant on advertising dollars for my business because it's. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, because, you know, our our space is dominated dominated by a lot of, you know, there, there are a few, there's two really big ad buyers, right? Uh, and then there's, you know, the next tier down. Uh, and then there's kind of this realm that, you know, you know, I exist in and I can make a pretty good living. I mean, you can see this deer over here. This, oh, wait, <laughs> fake deer carved out of wood. Um, you know, um, 
you know, there's not going to, you know, there's just not going to be as much space for folks. And I think that the premium thing is really going to happen. I think Spotify is going to finally produce the Netflix of podcasting. Mm. Um, it's going to be appealing. Um, there, there are plenty of contracts floating around that I've seen from places where, you know, they're getting offers for their content to be ad free and push through systems, not Spotify, uh, but, but other places. Um, and uh, let me preface all this with this is the first time I've talked to fellow <laughs> podcasters in probably over a year. So, um, but I think that the big guys are going to go ahead and they're going to dominate the space. And I think that, you know, publishers, um, you know, folks that are, you know, like yourself, that have got platforms with folks that are going to be on them. You know, you're kind of probably going to turn into a studio. You know, your opportunity is probably going to be that you can talk to the people. You know, everybody at the agencies that's been there long enough to get passed through all the layoffs other publishers, places where they can find content. So when your folks come to you again, it's, it's almost like consulting. And I think that a lot of, a lot of folks are going to end up in a consulting position um, to try to help these folks, but they're just going to, I think they're going to take the ball and run with it. Because why spend your money across 20 or 30 or 40 companies that are doing podcast advertising when you can spend your entire budget with two? That's it. That's it. And they come, yeah. And you can make a big commitment. You know, um, that's another problem that you, you run into sometimes like new publishers will, they'll start taking everybody and then they get a couple shows that take off. And then all of a sudden you get the phone call like, Hey, you know, we've got a six, seven figure guarantee from somebody and, you know, they want to buy 50% or 70% of, you know, voice, share right. of voice. Um, you know, um, and that was the one thing that early on in podcasting was very dangerous, right? Was the guaranteed money. Cause when you talk about IAB numbers, People would say, well, we got 30 million downloads. My show's worth X. Uh, and then very quickly, you know, direct market advertiser, direct to consumer said no. They know how many people they got. Yeah. That's they're right. like, oh, this is terrible. You owe us all this money, you know, whatever it was. Or they called so, me to do an audit. That's it. <laughs> 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 right. I've been around for a few of those. Not for a few of those. Not for you, although I don't think. I don't think we. No. <laughs> No, not for me, but you know, maybe maybe one of those LA based companies, you know. Those so, guys. You know, so I, I think that uh, I'm not completely doom and gloom because they have to well here's here's the here's the problem. Okay, they got a great let's say they're gonna let's say they're gonna take over the advertising space. They're gonna oh, own yeah. it. Yeah. Let's just say. They got to deliver performance, number one. Number two, they got to deliver enough CPM to keep the podcaster happy. Now, if they've signed an inclusive deal and the podcaster just gets a check and doesn't care how much revenue they make, maybe it's a different ballgame. But yeah. though that company, Spotify and iHeart, pretty soon I got to figure out I'm paying this content creator this $100 million. That that better bring me back two hundred, three hundred million dollars worth of revenue in advertising. And if it doesn't, you know, they're they're pub some of these are public companies. They're gonna have to figure out how to make the yeah. stockholders happy. And in the deals where there's not direct deals done and where the podcaster doesn't get cash up front, they get it on performance, and you tell them, Well, you gotta take seven dollar CPM on this remnant uh, advertising, or you're gonna get three um content creators gonna say no. And guess what? They're gonna end up just like radio not radio music folks and getting screwed so i I, I think i think you're exactly right i think um that the market uh will adjust here and i think uh, those that are 
playing a game here are going to be held, you know, it's going to be found out. It's, you know, we've seen this kind of happen already. Yeah. Um, you know, and advertising is not as big of a deal in podcasting as I think a lot of people think it is. It's yeah. that's the other part of it. I know how much inventory is left on the table every month, just based on what we measure. And if I realistically was going to monetize what was left on the table, there's probably 40% of it that could be monetized because the, sh the shows not, not necessarily maybe number one, the shows don't want it. Mm -hmm. So that throws, you know, that throws 60% out right there. Then the 40% that's remaining are those that want to do it. And then if I can make sure they do do it and they don't take a vacation and they actually deliver when they're supposed to deliver and all that stuff. Um, you, you, it still is not as big a pie as people are going to think. So, um, but yeah. again, well, and that's, that's what makes it easier for bigger publishers, right? Yeah. Because it's a smaller stable. Um, there are people that are typically already on contract, uh, who have to deliver. Right. Uh, and if they don't deliver, it, it will hurt their bottom line. Um, right. you know, and again, I, I'm not, uh, if, if it's come across as doom and gloom, uh, I, I want to take that back. Sure. Uh, not doom and gloom. Uh, it's change uh, and it's opportunity because um, I think a lot of these shops uh, for podcasters themselves, they're going to have a different opportunity to make money. Um, I, I will go way back to when Dexter was being launched by Showtime, uh, whatever agency that was back in the day, uh, understood that podcasting was an opportunity. Now, there was one shop that was pushing those ads who's still around. Um, and they called me up and I had a show with my wife and, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, you know, we had probably about 3000 downloads tops at our peak. So they said, Hey, we've got this deal. It's a $30 CPM. We got 3000 downloads. I'm going to make $90. Yep. And they wanted a pre and a mid and a post and all this kind of stuff. And I said, no, I said, no, emphatically. Like, I'm just not, I can't do that in my tiny little show. I'm just not going to do it. Um, you know, fast forward to where we are now. Uh, I, that company's still around. I work with them, uh, frequently and, you know, that entire package of trying to create that with one small little group of podcasters, it's really difficult. It's a difficult thing to do, to organize and to scale. Um, it's extremely hard to manage. And, you know, I haven't found anybody that can do that effectively. To uh, scale? At scale with host reads. Oh. At, at, with host reads. You know, it's possible. I mean, you know, um, you know, an example would be we get buyers that come in and they'll say, I want to buy Australia. I got a campaign for brand in Australia. Mm -hmm. I need to buy it. 50% of the people that I could go to will just tell me, no, we're not selling that content. They only want to sell national. Again, that's dumb. I think it's dumb when you use a platform that will just allow you to flip a button, sell the Australian ads. What's the problem here, right? Um, but as a small podcaster, you've got to be kind of all on the same platform and those kinds of things pass you by. So um, honestly, I think small people are just going to have to do it for the love of doing it. And if you're good and you're talented and you deliver regularly, like you're saying, and you don't take vacation and you've got folks on your network that show up and deliver, you're going to go to them every time with the buys first. Yeah. You probably have a stable of your favorite, right? You know, um, that said, though, you know, re I'm just going to go back and I don't know if you know much of our history, but we, we would have five, 600 shows on a single campaign because there was no yeah. big shows. And we were managing that, but we built a system to manage that. Why now don't now let me tell you something. There was sometimes 
Well, I was, well, I had to be an well, absolute hardcore. Yeah, there was problems because right. what it was, was we had this great system. They'd have to get their deliverables each week. They would, the reporting would be automatic. All they'd have to do is come in and put the time hack for their show and we were good. But that's when it ran into the problems. People putting in the time hack, people going on vacation, but still we could usually make it up or, you know, we'd put on a couple extra shows or whatever. We could do wide, no problem. But, um, Buyers don't want to buy wide. They don't want to buy 500 shows. They want to buy 10. Right. right. So, but you know, to me, it's always funny because they buy 10, they get 40 spots or they could buy 500 and get 2000 spots and non-duplicative audience. And what for the same amount of money. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? And uh, it's too hard. That's what's wrong with it. Right. <laughs> it's true i mean that's i've always been baffled by that and you know part of it's always been you know the agency you know a lot of the buyers will just i know best i know best right. and yeah. this is what i want this is exactly what i want and like you may know that like look i know that this you know male based soap product you've got really should be over here on this mma show right I, that's where you're gonna have your best conversions like we'll do we'll keep doing business and they're like no, I really want it on the monster truck show. And it's got a hundred people that listen to it. That's what I want. The story I always uh, give is someone came in and was going to buy a certain real high profile show is $20,000 for a single spot one on this show. And that maybe will give you a clue on who it was. Sure. And, uh, they wanted, and it was a dating company and they wanted one spot, 20 grand. And I had to sign them a waiver saying, I'm advising you against this because you're, flushing your money down the toilet and they got exactly zero conversions out of that $20,000 and they've never spent another penny in the podcasting space since then. So I I think (laughs) you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink sometimes. But, and also it's not cool that 20 year old to go in and say, Hey, I got the new, new media show. And that boss is going to who, 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 they go in there and say, got the daily, the boss will be like, good, I'm good job. You know, but the, the 20 year old can't go in and say he bought the new media show. He has to bring a yeah. name in. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I've got a, I've got a pharma client, uh, that we're working with to get them moved into the space in 2021. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I've got great fits for these guys and they don't care. It is, it's all, you know, can we be on this American life? Can we be on, these are the things I listen to. You know, and if I were to step them out of that scope and say, like, look, you should be on Fox, like you should be on the Fox News podcast, their heads would explode. Right. And they'd be like, I can't buy those. <laughs> but I can tell you their greatest conversions would come from there. You right. know, and it's like, all right, well, whatever you guys want, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So who gets bought next, Chris? Who you think is going to get s- scooped up? I know you put a Facebook post up as you think that uh, iHeart's going to grab up ad results. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think I heart. Yeah. I don't have my post in front of me. I should have that in front of me. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's also culture. I mean, that was one of the things that I didn't put on my list was like the culture of folks. Um, I heart and ad results are like, that's a match made in heaven. You know, I, I think art 19 to, you know, Apple, another match made in heaven, all the California boys and gals all get together and, and hang out there. Same thing with Wondery. You know, I mean, I know that Wondery shopping themselves, that seems to be. And again, I haven't talked to anybody that's under NDA or any kind of TikTok thing. (laughs) I literally outside my door on my front lawn is a bulldozer right now. 
there's guys putting a roof on a garage and I got loggers going nuts <laughs> and you can see my dog running around. Um, I'm deep in the woods. I know nobody, but um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, cause again, from my perspective, my business, I mean, running something like that's called podcastads.com, I need to be able to look at a landscape and figure out where I fit Yeah, and you know, who, you know, I'm having opportunity, you know, talking to people and it's like, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's just a lot going on, but I can see those guys going and doing and I think opportunities for somebody like yourself with the platform you've got. I think you're, you're great for feeder. I think right. you're a great feeder for, you know, being able to take shows and put them over to networks. Cause honestly, I, I feel like the premium thing's finally going to be here uh, for a lot of folks. And I think a lot of folks are going to get paid, but it will be, it's going to be a lot like the music industry. I think the contracts are going to be terrible for those people that are on their way up. Um, you know, and I think that not a lot of people are going to get what they deserve uh, from their shows when they first start. Um, but you know, is whatever. I don't know whoever said it, but those are the breaks. I, I get calls from people in industry two, th two three times a week. What do you think is going to happen? What's next? Where do you think this is going to go? And I, I try not to speculate at this point because, you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy money's being spent. Um, yep. I'm not, I let the crazy money keep spending because when they call me, then I can talk crazy money. Um, right. so, you know, we'll just see what happens. I, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of years. Yeah. I a hundred percent, you know, I think that, um, you know, again, I think it's always been interesting in the space for those of us that have worked in it, uh, and gone through and watched other people join. I, I pulled up my list here. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, I got the ad results in right. And I put Veritone at Spotify. That's also a great cultural mix, by the way. Um, you know, but each, each coast, I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. Spotify has got a studio out West. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure to be Maybe. honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that the, the opportunity looking forward around Amazon is an interesting one. Um, and what's going to happen there too. <laughs> yeah. I hope they get it together. I hope they finally get it together. Uh, I can yeah. pick on anybody cause I'm not really doing a whole bunch of stuff, but you know, when, when the Alexa stuff started popping four years ago, uh, we started doing distribution and measurement and dynamic on that, figuring out all the Alexa stuff, which was great. But I, again, it, there just needs to be more maturity from these places where, you know, they're iterating on what they've already got. And if they could stop trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel and use platforms that already exist or find partners that are already doing what they want to do. They can learn from it. I, I don't care how many CS degree people you pull out of Stanford to go build your thing for you. If they're not familiar with this space, which is a media and entertainment space, they start to make mistakes that somebody else has already made plenty of times before. Right. Uh, and it slows down the growth. And then, you know, everybody goes, well, where are these guys? You know, well, why aren't they participating? That's what we talk about on the show every week is, you know, those, yeah. those lacking understandings of the culture and the media and, and why things happen the way they happen. You know, it's, yeah, it's hard for a new person to really grasp that if they haven't been around this medium and seen all these things tried over and over and over again. And, and to see the trajectory of those efforts, um, is telling, yeah. you know, sure. Things I, can change. Right? Yeah. But I, I was at an event two years change. ago in New York, uh, right near me, uh, in the, um, I, I don't know where these guys are at this point. Their name is never, I, they've disappeared in some way, but, uh, the Himalaya folks, mm. um, 
you know, and, you know, I instantly pronounced their name wrong. I said Himalaya and they said, you mean Himalaya? I was like, oh, you really? got it. <laughs> and it was one of the, it was one of their VCs who was there. He's like, well, what do you see next in the space? What, here's what we're doing. We're going to, we're going to build a giant studio in LA or San Francisco and everybody's going to come and produce there. I'm like, Padango did that. And I was like 12, 14 years ago. I've seen that model. Ah, it's not going to work for you guys. Why don't you guys like hire some people that have got some experience? And here I am. I'm the old man on the show. I'm the old grumpy man right now living in the woods. That's exactly what I am right now. I'm going to shut up. We're, Kids, make podcasts. Do good work. Rob, Rob and I call ourselves the old curmudgeons a little bit too. So, <laughs> you know, and so we're kind of there with you to a certain extent. Yeah, no, it's it's just I, I think, you know, that experience is important, um, you know, to help build these products out. I, I think Amazon, you know, could benefit from it greatly. Um, you know, I, I've always been just disappointed. Uh, Audible products. Audible's tried to launch podcasts three different times, very <laughs> visibly, you know. Um, and I was actually, yeah, I had a discussion on that thread with uh, someone who was part of the first team. And their first iteration back in 2005, 2006 yeah. was their best iteration. Did they, they probably had no history on that at all. They probably were like, we didn't know. Well, it was a brand new medium yeah. back then. Yeah. They were trying to throw, you know, uh, rights controls into the MP3 files. Which, you know, yeah. that, that it, was counterculture. Talk about not knowing yeah. what the medium was all about. Well, even, even Apple, I mean, one of the things, look, one of the things that really stunted podcasting in the early days was audible and I still hold a grudge against it. So I had a book publisher come to me from Minnesota. He made a kid's book, worked at an NPR station. The guy was great. He had the pipes, he had everything and wanted to do a podcast from the book. And he wanted to be paid for it. Is there a way to be paid for this? Right. And I said, no, I don't think there's a way to be paid. Got a hold of the, the folks at Apple, you know, yada, yada, went through the whole process. And then I get a call from Audible and Audible says, yeah, it's never going to happen. Even if Apple tells you it's going to happen, it's never going to happen. We have an exclusive on non-music or exclusive on spoken word through Apple. There will be nothing paid on the podcast side that ever comes through Apple. Now, again, that disappeared. You know, they said never at that point because they were, you know, pounding the table. We're the big guy, you know, whatever. But, you know, that was a huge disappointment, you know, and that slowed down podcasting's growth. I mean, there were again, and it was an opportunity where, you know, some giant company had a stranglehold like old school media. You know, this is our playground. And, you know. So way I've got this system configured, guys, you can't see the screen I'm about to put up. I'm going to describe it to you. This is a, this is a shortcoming of well switching to the new thing so you don't see yourself when i switch to you but i did a search um just amazon i searched my primary show geek news central come up with a listing here and basically on it it's got two search results listen now on audible for zero or listen now on Am there's just two tabs and yeah. i can search for my show now in amazon.com and this is what it brings it up to so it's, it's to me, it's, it's kind of funny here because they have taken the Amazon music podcast directory, just right. duplicated or maybe not even duplicated it, but put it over on audible as well as the free level. And, uh, to me, it's just kind of funny because it's like, I can find my show when I search for it, when I'm searching for, you know, any other product and then it comes up right. and, and is listed. So this to me, for me as a, 
content creator said, this is cool. The show can be found now on Amazon, but I don't know if very many people are searching for a tech show on Amazon. I mean, they're normally shopping for rakes and shovels and <laughs> gas cans right. and, you know, shampoo and. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the magic of podcasts, right? I mean, one of those things is, you know, you give up, uh, you give up control over your distribution, where your things are going to show up. Um, and somebody comes along and says, all right, well, we'll put you in front of some more folks. Um, that's a win. Yeah. And here's, here's the new media show and it, it's, I'm right on amazon.com. I searched for it and I was like, oh, it's zero. It, they, they've got it marked as 0.00. .00 so click on it. Same screen, you know? Right. Uh, but what's missing <laughs> is the player, the, the, you know, that opportunity again to convert somebody to a listener. Right. Well, and. I think Apple's one of the only ones that still gives um, access to the content, right? Without creating an account and logging in. I don't know if that's true. Is it? Uh, yeah. We'll have to look. Let me see here. I thought uh, Spotify required a login in order to get the content now. Yeah, let me go over here. Getting to Central Apple. Go to Apple Podcast Listing. So, Chris... Um, one yeah, of the things we listen. haven't talked to you about too is the is all all the privacy concerns that are happening in the podcasting space right now too, and what your philosophy is on on that. Um, just curious where you're at with that. You know, California just passed their <laughs> privacy laws, and and there's attribution and all sorts of um, retargeting going on um, out there. Uh, what's your philosophy on that right now? Yeah, um, I, it's probably a little different than most folks. Um, you know, I, I tend to look at it the same way that I look at the, the folks um, that, um, you know, that say things like, well, you know, look, when they give you the COVID vaccine, they're putting <laughs> microchips in you and they're going to follow you everywhere you go. Well, the answer is that's not going to happen. Okay, it's not going to happen. However, you already carry a tracking device that records you everywhere you go. Yeah, with you all the time yeah um so my perspective and especially on the ad side like you know that data that's already in your phone you know there every time that you're clicking whatever end user license agreement is when you install one of those little apps every time like access to your photos or access to your track you know all that they've got it all already um would it be great if there was a central centralized place where you could go and register and say here's my number um, if my number is used, you know, whatever, I can get paid for it. If it's sold, you know, anything like that, that'd be great. But um, I guess that's a really long way of just saying, like, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion about it. I mean, should we be worried about it, right? I mean, should we be, I mean, do do you think listeners care? Uh, I don't think most listeners care. Uh I think, um, you know, one of the things when, um, so we're all from the old days, we never, you know, we all looked at radio and said, man, forget podcasting to it. Like, this is the thing, like, this is great. It's what we're going to do. And we had audiences and NPR came along and they were the first real big media people to adopt it. And then they were looking down their nose at all the podcasters, right? right? Like all the rest of you guys down here, whatever. And I will say this, and I'm going to say it publicly. If there is there were there were there were a few points in podcasting inflection points where the right person came along at the right time to change the space in a way that nobody had the vision for or maybe didn't have the resources for. 
So there was this guy in Los Angeles who came from radio, who had an idea about podcast space, and he decided he was going to put D, maybe some C level, but mostly D and lower celebrities into podcasts and find audiences for them. I saw that launch. I thought, wow, it's a terrible idea. It's never going to work. And what happened? It worked because the technology had finally spread to people that were not in that socioeconomic bracket that wanted NPR style. They wanted Steve Austin. They wanted Chris Jericho. They wanted that type of reality star content. Um, and that was a big inflection point for the space. So when we go back to thinking about privacy, I think the NPR crowd, the New York Times crowd, those guys are like, I don't want my data sold. I, you know, the rest of the folks just don't care. Wow. They could care less. You know, I, I, I think, you know, I'm slowly, I, I can't say that I don't like it, but I'm slowly coming around to the point where I'm just kind of starting to be accepting that the audience, maybe the podcasters, a portion of the podcasters still care about their listeners' privacy. But in today's age, I don't know if the listeners care. Yeah, I, I don't think that they do. I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, in the way that apps get around that is they say, you know, they'll build a recommended playlist for you based on what you already listen to. You know, they're already utilizing all of that data. They already know how much you listen to. I've had a friend that's worked in the music space for probably almost 10 years now um, at a lot of shops. And now he's over at Pandora, unbelievably smart guy. And that was part of what they had tried to do for years was to build AI that could take all of your listening and begin creating new playlists for you, just certain styles and whatever. And I'm sure it's a lot better now, but a lot of that, especially in music, folks would consider to be very private, right? And that's very introspective. Like, this is what I'm listening. I had a breakup and this is what I was listening to and, you know, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all consume content along those lines and um, it just, it's unavoidable. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been to WebMD since I moved to the woods. I mean, I don't know. My dog has tried to eat a porcupine again <laughs> two days ago, right? So every, every dog side, every ad, all those things, like I'm getting every vet ad you could, could imagine, um, you know, were they helpful in the moment? Sure, they were helpful in the moment. Afterwards, not so much. But obviously, you know, my phone sold me out, especially when Google wanted to remind me, hey, do you want to rate, you know, the Cherry Valley vet? You know, you were just a Cherry Valley vet. You want to, how do you know I was there? Oh, that's right. I've got this tracking device in my pocket. Um, you know, but, a, uh, a, a friend of mine on Facebook the other day said, I'm trying to find my snow scraper. Where did I leave that dang thing? He didn't use dang. He's another word. And I responded, hmm, because I was thinking, where's mine? Guess what ads I'm getting served today? <laughs> ice scraper ads, you know, because all of a sudden they said, Oh, Todd doesn't know where his ice scraper is. Right. You know, an ice scraper ads. I'm like, Oh, you, you turkeys just from, Hmm, yeah. interpreted. I needed an ice scraper. Right. And see if you ran an ice scraper <laughs> ad and I had a tracking pixel and I knew that you would listen to the show with the ice scraper and you'd put part of a lookalike audience yeah. at the agency. And, right. Um, you know, but again, I, I think that for a lot of folks, it, it does matter. And a lot of a lot of people still want their privacy. But just being on the other side of the, the glass, um, you know, I, you know, uh, you know, we can stop it in podcasting. If we said, like, look, we're not going to do it. We're going to have our own rules. We're not sharing pingback data or we're going to share it. But it's anonymized or any of that kind of stuff. 
it's a lot of effort for naught because there are other systems where, you know, buyers will go or people will go that they can get that data. Yeah. For now until the yeah. laws the change. The day, it's, it's, yeah. it's really about, you know, what are the laws behind this? Right. And, and I think that that's, that's where, you know, if we don't really think that the, the listeners really care, then all of our platforms just need to be compliant with whatever is legally whatever the law yeah. we're able to do. Right. And I do think that, um, some of this issue is going to get resolved. Um, but I believe it's going to get resolved at the show level. Um, so listeners will be able to, uh, to check a box or whatever to opt in to being tracked, uh, at the show level. And I think some yeah. of the big platforms are going to probably wind up supporting that. Um, yeah, I mean, so, Warner media just right. did that for, no, actually Fox news did that for their Apple. Um, it's either Warner, uh, don't get me wrong. It's either CNN or it's Fox. I don't know which, but during the elections, I was switching back and forth on the Apple TV. Uh, and one of them added a button in the settings screen that says, do not sell my data. So, you know, and just imagine, I mean, everything you've been watching on your smart TV, on your Apple TV, it's been tracking you already anyway. Right, right. But to, but to your point, you know, if some, you know, w- you know, some group of counsel at one of these companies says, well, the law is X, Y, and Z, your app needs to ship with it, then you're going to have those opportunities. And who knows, maybe there is an opportunity at the podcast level um, with the, within the community to put together an initiative that's like that, you know, you know that you're open well, back for it. And then have that data um, through the RSS feed sent back to the podcast host um, that that um, mm-hmm. can give that authorization that's linked up with an IP address. Um, so, and I think that's kind of work being worked on right now. You know the the tagged organization, which we've been talking about tags, is not completely the same, but has a lot to do with this. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been working through the the demise of the cookie. And uh, what's, you know, and what the browser people are forcing upon them, you know, they're basically removing uh, a lot of tracking capability within the browsers just from a, because they know listeners are, are not listeners, but consumers are pissed off how much tracking is going on in the browser. So the large majority of the meetings that at least I've been paying attention to is them trying to figure out how to work around. (laughs) you know how to circumvent the issue the the removal of the the cookie per se from uh, from browsers so i i know rob that your other counterpart rob has been actively involved in some of the meetings and he's just kind of he he's eating it up because he's he's seeing them panic right now i mean it's i mean it is viewed on that side you know is an apocalypse on the, on the digital advertising business. Um, so right. they need to come up with something new. Um, I haven't heard anything. I don't know, Chris, have you heard anything about any ideas that are coming out as a, somehow of a, a legal replacement or for uh, a cookie? I haven't. I mean, in my head, I'm trying to figure it out right now. Like, I mean, you could, you know, with a dynamic, uh, dynamic computer language, uh, you could, you know, uh, anywhere in a page, put an image, may not say tracking pixel, but you could generate your picture. I mean, cause that's yeah, again, the same thing that happens. Anything that's loaded into that page is trackable. So if you put something on that page or you talk to the company that's hosting right. it, you it know, so like maybe a, it's not their own cookie. Like a tracking pixel, doesn't it? Chris? <laughs> 
That's it. It does. Well, and, <laughs> Here's my pixel. Send me the data. But it's a pretty amazing, though, some of the ad blockers out there, because I run one on my browser because I just get, I, I can't handle it when I'm doing show prep. So many different ads sure. going on. Some sites make me turn it off to load it, and I honor that. But I, I think that, and ironically, Google has, is leading that charge on basically, you know, the cookie situation. So I, I just, uh, it's, it's, it's curious because what is their main business advertising? So, Hmm. Right. Well, you know, they already got all the data. Right. You're already using all the Googles. Right. You know, so they don't have to have that cookie data to know who you are, yeah. where you are. Very, I would, I would liken that in the podcast world to Apple. Mm-hmm. Right. Apple forever what? said, Nope, not sharing. They have all the data. They know playback. They, they, they know, know everything. everything. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting that we haven't talked much about Google on this, on this call and what their role is going forward into the future. I'm Chris, I don't know about you. I'm excited about what Google's bringing from discovery standpoint, but is there another side to that coin? Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think for the discovery side, I mean, you know, I think they put a lot of, again, my perspective for the last, um, I mean, you guys know, like, you know, for five years, the last five years, set, well, let's do this. Uh, most four and a half of the last five years, uh, I spent head down um, building, helping Warner Media build their podcast network from five shows to what it's become across all their brands. And we delivered all the you know, hundreds of millions of ad impressions and downloads, right? So, so, so for those that don't know what Warner Media is, why don't you tell them all the brands? Yeah, well, the CNN, we'll start with so CNN, uh, Bleacher Report, NBA, um, right. you know, uh, TNT, TN, you know, all whatever, all those Cartoon Network, all that stuff. So we were doing those plus regular shows. So uh, any other names that they had, uh, Conan was part of that, a um, whole bunch of stuff. Right. So um, so we, I built that. I, I Again, let me take all that back. I did a lot of work on it with an entire team of folks and a lot of people on the Warner Media side. Um, so uh, I'll just shorten all that up again. I typically work with a crawl, walk, run philosophy. Uh, I have a lot of knowledge in the space. I can help you build your stuff. You have your team. You build it together. You guys are crawling. When you guys are able to walk, I start to step back out of the picture again, and I start to focus on ads. And when you're running, I should be out of the picture and making money on advertising uh, and or I've moved on to another client at that point because you're self-sufficient. An organization of the size of Turner and all those other companies, um, it it took them five years. It really took them five years to get all the pieces into place to begin growing. Um, Where it goes from here, who knows? Um, But, you know, know, for me, I like to step back into that kind of role. But anyway, so growing out those kinds of networks and shows, um, it's difficult, right? Um, It's a long process. And I've talked so much, I forgot what the question is. Well, it's basically what Google, what, yeah. what, what's ah, Google going to bring to the table? To it's huge. Uh, uh, I think it's huge. I think the discovery component's huge. Uh, I think playback needs to be a little easier. Um, I still bump into people that don't know what podcasts are. Um, I have some folks, like I said, I live, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. There's literally a farm up the road with like cattle and all kinds of stuff. Um, I meet them and they're like, why are you home all the day, all day, all the time? Why are you home? I work, I, I do stuff, you know what podcasts are? And everybody will say, yes, I know what podcasts are. Right. And then you say, well, what, you know, what is, you know, what do you listen to? They don't know. So my kid goes up there two days ago and she comes back home and she's like, they can't figure it out, dad. They didn't know. I did. They're like, what radio station does your dad go to to work? 
right? Um, if, you know, and they're using Google, right? They use Android products. So, you know, again, like at this core base, like Apple figured out how to put it front and center. It's in front of everybody. It's talked about all the time. This is what it is. Google just hasn't done that. Now, granted, on the web, it's still great that that stuff shows up in searches or whatever else. But again, it's it's context. You know, part of the part of the big thing, like with semantic analysis, like if you were doing keyword analysis of um, a transcript, let's say, right? You can go through there and to get really good quality transcript analysis to get keywords or topics or whatever. It's expensive. There's a price to that, right? To pull those things out of there to get even uh, contextual analysis. It's still like 50-50. Right. Uh, back in the day, it used to be terrible, right? You could be having your show and you're talking about taking a trip to Arkansas. And it was the greatest trip that you've ever taken. But somebody who's bought ads that say, Arkansas sucks, um, you know, all of a sudden is going to get run in your show because you have this Arkansas thing. That's a, it's a way of coming back around to when somebody's searching at Google and they're looking for a topic, it may not be a topic that's specifically addressed in your show. And it's still difficult to find uh, that portion of the content, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. prepping today, I loaded up uh, Google Sarah Silverman's podcast. I clicked play. There was an ad. I just clicked in again. There was another ad. Eleven minutes in, I clicked in. It was like I was. It was. I won the lottery on ads. Every time I clicked in, all I was hearing was an ad, and then I stopped listening because I was like, I don't know. This is terrible. A terrible experience. Why is she reading forty ads? I don't care about Simply Safe. You know, I've heard this a billion times, right? Um, I think for regular people that are outside listeners that we're trying to bring to podcasting, Google's a great way to get it in front of them, but it's also a difficult way to get them interested in whatever topic they may have been searching for on the discoverability side. Yeah, and it's and I've continued to talk for a long time about contextual transcripts, and people always look at me kind of funny when I say that. Because Machines context have everything. machines have a hard time yeah. understanding context, so you have to have, you almost have to give them a topic, you know. And and it's something I've done on my particular website, and I know you guys can't see, it, but I have time hacks by every one of my my topics. And if nothing else, yeah, it's a convenience for a listener to go in and click that and jump to that point. But I'm hoping that the Google brain at some point figures out. Oh, Todd at twenty three fifty seven said this is the context right. of that discussion and I'll get some Google bump out of it. When that happens, who knows? Well, the work and the money I've spent yeah. to, to time hack those things over the past five years pay off. We'll see. But yeah. you know, I'm, I'm hedging that that's going to, that's going to, but Google may not even take a exterior trigger because then people have a chance to, to rig it. So they may just go strictly on what they collect in their transcript. And they're right, but if they were putting ads in there for you, oh. it would exist tomorrow. They right. would have it tomorrow right. if they could monetize it. Yeah. And again, that is what I would say is an opportunity. And that, you know, I thought years ago Google would figure this out and just bring over folks from the AdSense team and do a vast style as we talked about earlier, but just within the Google ecosystem. So you would put your podcast in, you'd sign whatever deal it is with Google. Just like your website, right? You just throw in this tag, there it is, and Google's going to put ads in there for you. Yep. And it's, I would have thought that they would have done that a long time ago. Maybe um, not enough Chris, money. Chris, yeah, I think that's exactly it, Todd. I, I think they did have an early audio play that was trying to do that. And I think what they found is that there wasn't as, uh, as much money there as um, they were hoping that made it worth it. 
Well, you so, look if you, you look at the comparisons between YouTube and podcasting. You, you know, my God, they're uploading what? How many thousands of hours of content every? You know, some there's some stat out there about the amount of stuff going up on YouTube, and it can't all be consumed. Whereas in the podcasting space, four hundred thousand active shows compared to probably forty million people on YouTube, and I don't know what the number is. I'm just throwing something out there. That's a big delta, and it's also a big delta in money. And considering that YouTube now requires so many hundreds of thousands of listening minutes or whatever before you can even monetize your stuff, they're making they're they're making bank on YouTube. You know that yep. that is that is a that's a money printing machine for Google. So until there's something of scale for podcasting, they're not. I don't think they'll come after it. But there is a little bit of a dark side to context too. Um, the old saying goes, "Be careful what you say," sure, um, because <laughs> it will be parsed, um, contextualized, and delivered um, and available in a search query, right? Yep. Um, that's the, that's the downside. I think a lot of content is kind of deep in the content that, uh, most platforms can't give visibility to. So I think as you think about, um, censorship and you think about these other issues that are important today, um, you know, that's going to raise some questions too. Right. So, you know, I think, Consolidation, I, I, I think we're all expecting more consolidation and we'll see how far it goes. But, you know, I, I still, you know, Chris and Rob and I's core, our business is largely probably wouldn't survive without the indie podcasters. I can't, you know, I can't have 23 people on payroll with uh, just pro hosting accounts. It doesn't work. And like you said, sometimes when shows get big, it's, 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 it's the same thing we're seeing with like anchor shows. I'm seeing anchor shows graduate off anchor and they come onto platforms like mine and Rob's and Podbean or whoever, they kind of graduate out of that platform when they're trying to step it up a notch. And then, okay. So it, at some point those shows are going to get to a certain size and then they're going to graduate from us to some other platform. And yeah. so I think from a, and I guess I've lost my train of thought here, but uh, there's an ecosystem, right? Yeah, there's there a is ecosystem that's being 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 developed here. And I thought the interesting acquisition uh, Spotify did, right? They bought Anchor, which is an entry level, right? And then they bought um, Megaphone, which is at the other end of the spectrum, right? Is that right. an endorsement that maybe they made a mistake with Anchor um, and they had to buy a more professional platform? I don't know that that's the case. I think that they're playing at both ends of the market, I think is more, more likely. Chris, do you, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah. Both ends of the market. Yes. Um, and I think that that, again, it's, you know, I think that they're going to end up, you know, I, I think there are a lot of places that um, started building podcasts or building podcasts, uh, divisions uh, and trying to work their salespeople into selling those podcasts. Uh, and they haven't had the success that they would like to have. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the money is right from places like Spotify um, and iHeart, um, you know, and, and Apple and Sirius um, to pay larger guarantees upfront. Uh, salespeople don't have to worry about it. They can go back to selling whatever they were selling before 
TV, radio stuff. They can go back to all that. Um, and then, you know, they're just collecting the money from it. It's just a distribution hub. Right. So it's not a business. It's not an internal business anymore. Like it would have been with all the ad sales. It's just pushing it out. Um, Megaphone brings that, I think, to Spotify uh, and they bring it in at scale uh, in a way where there are bigger contracts associated with it. But that content's going to, you know, obviously is going to reside on their system. So, um, you know, like when uh, Google bought um, FeedBurner way back in the day, that gave Google a lot of insight into what people were reading on blogs, but also podcasts, right? So a lot of data that goes along with that. Um, that level of publisher at that high end, there are, you know, five, six, seven, eight of them domestically um, around the globe. You know, maybe there's another 200 total um, that are large enough to pay, you know, fees of, you know, hundred, a couple hundred thousand dollars a month to host their content uh, on those networks. Right. And if they can offset some of that cost and if they're using it for, you know, a lot of the big networks will use those as promos. Right for other things they've got going on, it's just building marketing and that kind of stuff. Um, Anchor didn't have a sales team, right? So there was no sales team at Anchor that was doing anything. So Megaphone, you know, I guess has a seasoned sales team, so that kind of comes with it. Um, you know, uh, you know, Sirius did that with um, what did they? They bought a couple platforms, right? I don't remember Simplecast. exactly. Yeah, yeah Simplecast. Um, again, but I mean, Simplecast wasn't a super mature uh, product with a lot of sales teams associated with it. Now, a lot of folks think that they can sell those. Uh, I've well, sat in plenty of rooms with teams. dev teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and nerds. had all that. Yeah. You know, uh, where they just don't, uh, don't, uh, you know, they aren't ready. Uh, so they have to keep acquiring, but that's what they need to do. They need to grab these things, bring them in. Um, you know, and, and grow from them. But, you know, I honestly, I think, you know, people are just going to say like, you know, Anchor is going to disappear. Megaphone is going to disappear. People are going to say, I hosted Spotify. I started my show at Spotify, right? Spotify created their open audio, like their trade desk, their, you know, their buy ads through our system. Uh, it's getting more mature. It's still not where it needs to be. There's still a lot of human touch that goes into that. Uh, my wife has a marketing business and she buys a lot of ads over there. Um, you know, just where they call it their, their ad studio, mm -hmm. but it's better than almost anybody else's product. So they, they've nailed a lot of things, uh, on that side. And I think the big guys will have to continue doing that. And I think a lot of folks just like, you know, uh, prior to COVID, you could go see a band play every night of the week in a bar. <laughs> uh, I, I think there are a lot of podcasters. They're going to fall in that category. I fall into that category. I love podcasting, but my show has never been big. You know, right. not that you know, nobody wants to hear the garbage I have to say, uh, even if I am doing a show with my wife and she's making fun of me the whole time, which people might want to see, um, you know, or listen to. But it satisfies um, you. Yeah, it satisfies me. And I, I enjoy doing it. And, um, you know, I think that that's the thing where, you know, that love and, uh, you know, respect of the medium and the ability to just continue to produce and to put things out. Um, that same wonder that you had, that I had when I found out about podcasting, I'm sure you guys had at the same time, you know, is, is there, that's necessary to keep, keep this growing. Um, you know, the, the folks that, you know, listen to Rogan and then show up one day and go, I want to do a podcast. How do I make money? Uh, they're still going to be around, but you know, 99.9% .9 of them aren't going to do anything. There's one Joe Rogan. There's one Ira Glass. Uh, stop trying. 
to be those guys. Um, you know, that again, I don't know if that solidifies anything. It's probably more of a, a mishmash there, but I think that Spotify will play at both ends. I think that hosting will be done at Spotify. I think Apple should have a post hosting platform. Um, and, and that's kind of where it's going to end up. Um, not, not right now, but you know, over, you know, the next four or five years, that's probably where we're going to end up. YouTube may even end up doing it, right? Because so many podcasters to make money are doing the live stream of the show and, or they're doing, you know, the, the playback later. Um, you know, I've never, not one time have I ever listened to a Joe Rogan show. I've watched Joe Rogan on YouTube a lot, right? right? Flipping through, here it is, here's a clip, here's this or that, a lot. Um, so my experience has gone that way. And I think that, you know, again, you know, that's getting found and, and it's in a medium where people listen, you know, I mean, some of the most effective podcast ads on the planet, we talk about discovery, are podcasts promoting other podcasts. That's true. They're really effective, right? right. You know, because if you so, find the right audience, right. you can grow. So Connell from iHeart uh, was quoted in saying that um, exclusives are bad for podcasting. Um, and as you look at like the Drew Organ deal, right? Uh, that's an exclusive just to Spotify. Um, I think the perspective on that is is that uh, the integrity of the ecosystem is more important. Um, especially on the advertising right, um, sides as well. What's your thoughts on exclusives? Are we going to see more of that or is that just going to be a, you know, an outlier? Uh, as a podcaster, uh, exclusives are amazing. And if you can get the money, take it while it's there. Take it while uh, it's there. And, and, and do it. Um, on the ad sales side of the house, it gets difficult um, because then you, if you don't have a relationship with the distributor of that place, uh, or somebody else has cut you out, which, you know, whatever, it, it's harder. On the ecosystem, um, you know, I, I, people are going to continue to publish for free as long as they can. Um, right. And what I mean by that is, you know, when, you know, Spotify or other places, finally, if they reach a maturity where there is no anchor, there is no megaphone, it's just Spotify, uh, and that's who, we, you know, we did our deal with, Um then, you know, that starts to chip away at what, you know, we've built, right, uh, as a community of, of strangers, right, continuing to push podcast stuff forward. Rob, right. believe it or not, we're already over. This time yeah. went fast today. <laughs> yeah, it did. Well, there's so many topics to talk about. <laughs> Chris, you know, one thing we didn't do at the beginning, I feel bad. I just realized that we really didn't introduce your company at knit.audio. Why don't you tell everyone about your company? Um, well, yeah, we have, well, there's two companies, uh, there's knit.audio. Uh, so knit does, uh, it's hosting dynamic ad insertion, uh, you know, and again, it, at scale. Uh, so we had all the Warner stuff for five years over the last five years. If you listen to, uh, Amazon Alexa and got the news or on Google, uh, any home device, we delivered that, um, and monetized that for those guys. So that was, uh, that was one set of products that we have. The other set that we have is podcastads.com. So, and again, that's helping people do ad buys, essentially. So uh, we don't call ourselves an ad agency, um, but because uh, of our relationships in the space, uh, we're able to work closer with uh, publishers to find better fits for folks. Um, and I will say that sometimes, not always, uh, we get better pricing. That's a domain I missed. 
I don't know how I didn't miss buying that domain. <laughs> That's a good Chris, one. Chris got it though. <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's exactly what it says it is. Podcast ads. So. Yeah. Right. It's one of my other 400 that hasn't gotten seized yet. Yeah. No, that's true. Oh, domain. We go back on that. We go back on the domain. Yeah, we do. Right. 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 The yeah, Cochrane right. News Network oh, Podcast. Yeah, the Cochrane that's News right. Network Podcast. <laughs> for those of you that that's haven't awesome. been here very long, uh, I had cnnpodcast.com for years, probably 10 years. And, uh, they, uh, I knew they would come calling at some point and they did. And when they yeah. did, they said, Hey, uh, we want that domain. And I said, well, how about 500 bucks or something like that? And, and man, oh man, the, the lawyer, the lawyer email came in about 30 seconds after that. I was like, Oh, they're not messing around. So I held on to the domain for nine days and 12 hours <laughs> and, and gave it back to him on the 10th, you know, because I had 10 days to turn it over. Yeah, so I've got a couple other ones that I'm not even going to talk about on the show that I've been sitting on as well. Someday that domain, they'll come calling for those as well. But until yeah. then. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, Google, what Amazon did buy podcast.com. They did. Know, right? Holy smokes, they did. And I know what that was. They, they spent probably a million dollars because they bought two, podcast and podcast. So with an S, so they bought both of them. And ironically, guess where, where they point towards? They point towards Audible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Should this, we be surprised? So you, so. If you load yeah. podcast.com, it goes audible.com forward slash EP forward slash podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Well, maybe they're more serious than I thought they were. Well, I'm, you know, I be honest That's with you. I'm, I'm word audio brand. So it makes sense. I'm jealous because that domain was, you know, widely sought after and they were renting it for a while and all kinds of stuff. But I think it's gone forever yeah. now. Well, I they can, they can talk to me about podcastads.com. I mean, <laughs> if they're thinking about growing. Yeah, I got a few too. So absolutely. All right. Uh, and well, Todd, uh, we, we, we didn't talk about the the new little little addition, the, the oh, MP7. Oh, your I've mic, the, 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 the one that you uh, sent me an email last or a text saying, did it? Del what happened, Rob? You couldn't find it or what? You guys, because I had that well, shipped it was to in you. A place where I had to go to to, get to pick it, so. it up. So so yeah. far, it sounds pretty good. Does it sound all right? Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Chris, what? Go ahead. It's a hot mic in the space right now. Yeah. So what we did is I need another SM7B. Rob had one. So Rob sent me his SM7B and I bought Rob the, it's part of the deal. He got, a, right. he got, nice. yeah. he got that mic. So, uh, but you still have another SM7B. So it's not like you, yeah. you sent me the one you had. Yeah. Yeah. I have three um, SM7Bs, but the, just to give you an idea, the size comparison between the two yeah and, and yeah. i really i can't tell too much difference from when you're using as as sound yeah as as they're about the sound to sound about the same well the big thing about this mic is that if you use it via usb i'm not using usb right right i'm using the xlr connection so i i don't have the ability to adjust the microphone but if you're using usb you can load some software 
yep. and it will adjust. Right. Um, it's got EQ, it's got compressor, it's wow. got all this stuff built into it. And, and you can adjust it to have a, a bright sound, a normal sound, or a, or a dark sound. So it has a lot of uh, software adjustments that you can make to it, which is really cool. Well, the dark sound will go along with uh, the dark winter this coming. Yeah. Yeah. You use the USB connection to adjust the microphone. Right. And when you disconnect the, the USB connection to it, it holds on to the settings. Oh. So I, I can adjust the settings via my computer and then I can plug it into the XLR. And, oh. and, and I, th- I believe you can use the USB and the XLR at the same time. Hmm. And go back and uh, forth cool. between them. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those settings will be great for your new true crime podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That's a podcast that I hadn't thought about. Yet. Yeah. Not, yeah. not I. All right, everyone. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm Todd at, of course, what's Chris, while we're, we, t- how do they reach you? What's the best way? Yeah. Uh, I'm on the internet. Uh, that's good. Uh, no, I mean, if somebody wanted to send me a message, they could send it to K at podcastads.com. That'll give me an email. Uh, if they want to talk about any of the other nerd stuff, I could talk about that all day. Um, or you can visit podcastads.com. There you go. Simple enough. I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news on Twitter. Rob. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well at Rob Greenlee, and you can send me an email, Rob G at lipson.com. So I hope you enjoyed it, Chris. We're going to have to have you on more because uh, I think that uh, you're thinking some of the things, same things we're thinking, and it's always good to get another perspective well, here. Well, Todd, so. and we didn't even talk, talk to him about what oh. Adam Curry's doing. I'm sure he has an opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fellas. So, All right, I'll come back. I'll so come back. So, so just as a, as a teaser, do you like what Adam's doing or you have concerns? Um, you know, there's, I'll save it. I'll save it to be continued. Okay. Continued. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> wow. Okay. Rob booking for next week. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but Hey, Chris, thanks for coming on and, uh, glad you got good internet there. I'm, my, my country place, uh, is not enough to sustain to do a show live. So, uh, at least you got enough wow. bandwidth there, but okay, yeah, everyone. I'll make very, very quick. Very quick story on that. Rural America, people that do it right. I got fiber in the house. Wow. Fiber, and I'm literally 50 miles from anywhere. So wow. there's some government programs that work. Oh, that. Man, <laughs> it doesn't work around my place. And I, I'm only a mile and a quarter from the closest cable connection. And I couldn't even wow. pay. I offered cash to have them bring it just cable yeah. to my house. They wouldn't do it. I was going to pay for the, Chris, the construction. Right. Chris, that yeah. that baseball hat that you on has the longest visor uh, that I've seen uh, on the uh, cabinet. Uh, uh, and it reminds me of a television commercial. I think it was. Yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. What is it? It's, uh, I just had this the other day. Um, Washington Mutual something? No, uh, Liberty. Uh, Liberty Mutual. Uh, Liberty Mutual Insurance, right? If you yeah. take the hat off and hold it, wow. it's got that really long <laughs> visor on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I started wearing these hats like five or six years ago. Um, you know, whatever you get older, uh, bright light, it actually block. It does. It blocks more light. The bill's so long. And now when I don't have it, uh, I, you know, it's like, I've cursed myself, you know, uh, I have to wear the hat. So. Awesome. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for All hanging right. out with us. 
Okay. We'll try to get out of here this time. Everyone take care. We'll see you next All time right. here. See you guys. See you later. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks. Take yep. care. Take care.